So some of you will know that I've taken just over a week off work and it was quite normal, I suppose, to take a bit of time off work now um, because I haven't taken more than a day or two uh, for a few months. Um, I only took a week at Christmas and Christmas is uh, for a lot of us quite a tiring time um, because there's travel and social things happening during that week so it's not really downtime. So I took the time at relatively short notice. I'd already had three days booked off because uh, I knew that I would want to spend time with my mum and my sister around my father's, uh, what would have been my father's birthday, his the first birthday after his passing last year. But there were a few signs that I needed actual um, rest time in addition to that time with my family, that I needed actual rest and recuperation. So at relatively short notice, I asked for a week, a further week off work. I'm very fortunate because where I work is a supportive, generous uh, employer organisation and I have good annual leave entitlement. So uh, as I said, not not any kind of drama that I've taken the time. However, I did notice a few signs that I was in a state of general overwhelm and potentially on the road to burning out in a way that I have come to understand now is not an unusual scenario whatsoever for autistic people. Um, preventing burnout is a continuous, ongoing endeavour. So uh, what was different was the fact that I have got now new knowledge and observation skills, which enabled me to actually notice um, the things that were happening and to take this action to have a rest before a state of burnout escalated into something more serious and potentially lasting. So I'm feeling absolutely fine. I think I'll really benefit from this time. But I just wanted to talk through from a slightly new vantage point. Now that I know what it's like not to be burned out for the first time in my adulthood, I am now more observant and more aware of the early signs of burnout for me. So I am going to talk through those things that I noticed. So surprisingly, one of the first things that I noticed was a little bit unusual for me, was my echolalia had really escalated. So I'm not sure if I've spoken about echolalia here on the podcast before. I know I've talked about it a little bit on Instagram here and there. So echolalia is basically the phenomenon of the mind repeating something that has been heard. And it's usually a word, a phrase, a snippet of a song, as in 
some lyrics, usually to the melody of the song. And echolalia typically is obvious because um, the person will actually repeat the words, the phrase, the bit of song. Um, So this is something that we quite often see in children. Um, And sometimes we even echolalia ourselves. So saying a sentence out loud and then possibly whispering it or mouthing it back to yourself as a form of echolalia. So that's something that uh, children do, um, some adults might do it as well. But there is another form of this, which is that the mind repeats the sound over and over again. um, And we may or may not actually then say or sing um, the words out loud. But the inner, inner monologue is repeating whatever it is on loop. Actually, I do I do remember talking about this because I remember one of the examples was something from The Tiny Chef, which is a very sweet stop animation um, that I really recommend you taking a look at online. So my echolalia was getting actually problematic because the thing is when you're in a monologue is just constantly repeating a bit of a song awesome words over and over and over again it's very distracting and it's like having a really bad itch and but you there isn't an obvious way to scratch it um I find that I have to say what it is that I'm hearing in my mind or if it's a bit of a song I have to listen to the song over and over and over again and it's not I don't think it's a compulsive behaviour in that I don't think that um, it's not connected to any kind of intrusive thoughts that I'm having. It really genuinely just feels like an itch that only listening to the song or saying the words will scratch that itch. So that had really picked up. And that doesn't, that's not normally something that bothers me on a really everyday, frequent basis. So I noticed that that had ramped up and that was a bit unusual. I had also noticed this is quite a a key, important one, this, because about thinking about impact on other people. um, And then obviously the reciprocal element of that and the sort of the spiral effect in terms of if you're having an impact on other people that isn't good that can make you feel terrible yourself so I noticed that in conversations with people at work and a lot of this is on video calls so I have loads of video calls during the day with internal colleagues various colleagues in different departments in my organization and I noticed that I sounded really irritable it was a weird feeling because I have actually become quite patient in recent literally months because I didn't used to be patient and I was still feeling like I wanted to be patient and supportive but I was reacting strongly to people not knowing things people maybe making a silly mistake getting frustrated with organisational issues. So big, complicated organisation, lots of things aren't necessarily joined up. And the things that don't normally 
get on my nerves anymore day to day were getting on my nerves and I was I was hearing the sound of my voice I was hearing that I was being loud and I was being irritable in conversations with colleagues and I really didn't want to be and I really didn't mean to be and I found myself saying to people oh I sound so much more irritated than I genuinely honestly feel I promise but it was just I was just um I was just feeling like everything was touching a nerve and that also goes I think for when I'm very excited about something at work so I will often get really excited about a project um a development an opportunity but I can normally talk about it in a way where I don't sound out of control but I noticed that I was sounding excitable to the point of aggressive in various conversations about pieces of work with peer colleagues and with you know management colleagues and I just thought oh I just don't feel I just don't feel in control and that doesn't feel doesn't feel super safe as much as I have really great relationships with my colleagues I don't want to feel out of control I have conversations with a lot of external stakeholders um, we're a membership organization I need and want to feel in control of how I'm participating how I am showing up in a conversation and I don't even think that's masking I just need to know that I'm capable of communicating in the way that I want to and to actually reflect the way I feel and importantly reflect my values and I was feeling a bit like that was getting too difficult to do. I also noticed during some of those calls that, um, and in meetings, that my stimming was getting more and more exaggerated. And it wasn't enough for me to be holding my sort of hard bobbly ball that I like to roll around in my hands I needed to be throwing it up in the air and catching it with one hand and I just felt again out of control of my stims like I needed big movements I needed I needed big stimulation basically happening in order to focus and I was just thinking this just doesn't feel super comfortable for me and just again a bit out of control also noticed and these things were not all happening on the same day necessarily like I'd have one day where I was really massively having the echolalia and then another day where this kind of exaggerated stimming was happening and then on other times I would realize that I had I was increasingly increasingly forgetting to stick to my routine that keeps me regulated so I was increasingly forgetting to eat in the morning increasingly forgetting to kind of get myself fully washed and dressed or just struggling to do that actually and in fact if I trace it back 
what was actually happening was my sleep was getting disturbed. My circadian rhythm or cycle or whatever it's called was disturbed and I was increasingly awake for periods of time in the middle of the night, two till four, five. And it wasn't that my mind was racing and I wasn't feeling anxious. I'm actually very, very low anxiety currently, but I was not sleeping through the night like I do when all things are in place and as they need to be, which meant that the mornings were disrupted, which meant that I hadn't eaten. I wasn't completely fully dressed with my shoes on, which I need with my scent, my perfume. I've realized that's a really important part of keeping me grounded and regulated. Not having scent on is very disorientating for me. It's part of losing my physical self. Like I can't find my body. And I was forgetting to drink water. And I was also realising that I was not going to the toilet when I needed the toilet. And then was kind of very panicky having to rush to the toilet, you know, during a meeting and excuse myself. So everything just felt out of control. And the the thing is, if I then don't eat and don't drink, I then start losing my motor coordination, my motor skills. And this is when I've noticed that I start struggling to speak. My hands start shaking and my legs start shaking. So I was finding that I was due to go into, you know, a two hour meeting in 10 minutes time. And I was shaking because I hadn't eaten anything. And I also couldn't speak. So I was having to rearrange meetings and conversations with people as well. All of this then has a knock on effect because... If I'm feeling like this on a regular basis, I then kind of go into a hypo nervous arousal state where I just am really zoned out or I'm in a hyper state of arousal where I, you know, kind of want loads of stimulation and I'm very adrenalized. But it means when I'm feeling like this, it means that I'm not doing laundry. Um, I'm not going to the shop to buy, you know, the next few days worth of food and safe foods. So if I don't have safe food in the house and I'm like this, then I'm still not going to eat because there's nothing to eat, etc, etc. I don't know whether this is a coincidence, but I also realised that I was feeling very uncomfortable with extremely itchy skin, like really mega itchy kind of stomach and legs and that that was keeping me awake in the night what I don't know is whether that's a coincidence or not and I do have two cats and they were due for their flea treatment so I have done their flea treatment and I have now washed loads of stuff so that could be a coincidence but I do wonder if there is potentially a link between kind of histamine reactions and inflammation in the body because actually the other couple of things I want to mention are inflammation related so I now when I'm dysregulated like all of this I'm describing I get sort of muscular pain I get a very tense locked jaw the muscles in my jaw sort of seize up and clamp shut. 
which makes it hard to talk and it means that I'm constantly rubbing and massaging and touching my jaw. My shoulders and my neck, well, actually, it's more my neck, gets very stiff, very painful. And I understand now that this is inflammation in the body. And I normally get that from lots of sensory stress. If I've had to travel into London, if I've had to go out in the cold and the rain, um, or if I've been to an event where there's been lots of noise, that's usually when I get inflammation. But I noticed that I was getting this even though I was basically in the house all the time, just from generally feeling dysregulated. And I also get quite kind of quite sore hips. And then when all of that's happening, I find it very hard to sit in a chair. So if I'm noticing that I'm trying to sit in my office chair, but I just can't keep my legs down and I have to keep pulling my knees up and hugging my knees to myself, then it basically means that my body is is struggling because of the reactive effect physical effects of all of the dysregulation happening in my body and the inflammation emotionally i was aware of just a general sense of a lot of stuff coming to the fore that i suspected was contributing to my state of dysregulation so I had not been feeling particularly tired or like I had work-related stress or any other kind of stress. I have not been feeling stressed. However, last year was excessively stressful. And the couple of years before that, to be quite honest, were also excessively stressful because of the things that were happening, particularly particularly in my work, where the level of disruption and the volume of work was so excessive that dealing with that without knowing that I was autistic and all of this stuff that I'm describing happening on a daily basis, more, more than... So not understanding about dysregulation or burnout and just working through it in the last three years. But then having said that, in some shape or form, I've been doing this for the last 17 years. But I think last year was so, so intense with all of the traumatic events around my father's death and my role in supporting him through that and then various wraparound things that were happening around that time I realized that the birthday date of my dad's that was coming up that it was on the 16th of March his birthday I realized it had sort of created a a sort of another round of not just grief but a reminder, um, sort of emotional flashbacks to just how harrowing, distressing and how angry I was. So actually I was feeling like I had a sort of resurgence of a lot of anger about events last year. And I knew that it was kind of um, a normal reaction 
to the, you know, proportionate reaction to what had happened and that I will recover, I will heal, but that I do actually need to give it some dedicated time and some attention. And that that accumulation of things is what made it very clear to me that I needed to contact my manager and take that additional week off work. And I was very open about that with my colleagues, with my team, because it's not a problem. It's not a drama. Um, the team are very capable. You know, there's a lot of support there. And as I said, it would have been normal for me to take a week and a bit off now anyway. I just hadn't quite planned for it um, and didn't know when I was going to take some time. So, yeah, I just thought from this new vantage point where I'm now aware and noticing, it might be helpful to share some of that with you all. Because I'm also just generally taking care of myself and my well-being in new ways. And so, as you all know, I've put a pause on doing the weekly podcast because I absolutely love doing the podcasts. I thoroughly enjoy every single aspect of it. I enjoy the episode forming in my mind. I enjoy sketching out what I'm going to say. I enjoy recording, the editing, the uploading, <laughs> the the posting about I I love all of it. But it's bearing in mind that every weekend there's a lot of stuff I have to put in place for my week ahead. I also want to factor in talking to my family, spending time with my husband, spending time potentially with a friend or two. I was just finding that it it just wasn't possible to do those things and do the podcast weekly. And it meant that I wasn't speaking to other people in my life, basically. I was I was I was prioritizing this, which I can't I don't think I'm gonna be able to do on a weekly basis anymore. But I think what will happen is from time to time a few episodes will basically upload themselves into my mind and I will do a few at a time and that's what I'm doing right now because I've just had a few episodes make themselves known to me. So I thought I would share in the spirit of being open about that realisation as well as what I'm doing currently and what I'm noticing in order to take care of myself in my in my current day-to-day life. So I hope that was in some way helpful. As usual, I'm talking about uh, my own experience and what I have figured out, realised, in case it's relevant, in case it's helpful for anyone else. Let me know. I love connecting with and talking to people on Instagram. I've got the Autistic at 40 Instagram account. I've got a Twitter account, the Autistic at 40 podcast Twitter account. I'm a little bit less active on there because I, I prefer the the kind of the cosy intimacy of um, Instagram. I have, since the last episode, now created an online forum for autistic adults, all ages, all genders. It's called Autistahood. Um, and it is hosted on the Discourse platform and Discourse have actually approved Autistahood to be a supported creator community, which means I don't have to pay the $100 per month fee to have it hosted, which is amazing. 
It is currently full because my initial trial period was 100 members. Um, but as part of the upgrade to the new supported creator account, I will be able to add more people. Um, but that will be happening sometime this week. So if you would like to join the Autistahood community, and it's a lovely space, I have to say there's lots of really supportive sharing and discussion and supporting of any publicly available resources that anyone has come across. If you would like to join, then I do need your email address because I have to send you an email invitation from the discourse platform. So you can contact me through Twitter or Instagram and contact me through direct messaging and send me your email address there. Or you can email me just to generally get in touch. Or you can email me about joining Autistahood at autistic at 40. All one word, autistic at 40 at outlook.com. And I'm jotting down all the email addresses so that I can get you added. It's free. Um, I do have in my link tree, I do have a buy me a coffee tips jar which if you enjoy my podcast um, and you want to show your appreciation and contribute towards the cost of doing the podcast, then that would be lovely. But I know that a lot of resources for autistic people are not necessarily accessible because of costs. So as a general rule, I really feel strongly that generally access to all of this content and the community is free for everyone. Um, but any tips, greatly appreciated, of course. So I will say goodbye for now and see you online and take care of yourselves. Okay, bye. <laughs>